Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner. I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. If this is your first time here and you get some value from this episode, do us a favor, leave us a review and share it with another contractor. If you want to uh, join our free Facebook group and connect with other like-minded contractors, visit us at the Contractor Profit Group on Facebook. Or if you want to step your game up in your business and take it to the next level, check out our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. You can learn more about that at our website, hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. Today's episode is going to be a little more serious, Eric. We're going to be talking about something that's uh, it's not a joke. Your mental health is not a joke. It's serious stuff. I don't know how we ended up on such an important, an important topic. And the more I think about it, the more I think like, how come we haven't touched on this earlier? You know, you know when we talk about 96% of construction companies fail in the first decade and how hard it is and all this stuff, it's like now mental health seems like the perfect, it's a perfect segue into mental health. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's so much to this. Try to squeeze it all into one episode, but in the economy, in the country, there's mental health issues, right? It's, it's something they've talked about for many, many, many years. But no one really talks about the mental health of one, business owners, and two, contractors. And I think it's something that every one of us struggle. I mean, we have people in our group, even as much as today, talking about, you know, mental health things that are going on. So it's a serious issue. And we want to spend some time talking about this and try to bring some light to it and hopefully help someone out there who may be struggling with it. I got some shocking statistics for you, bro. You know how I like to do this. Let's hear them. F- 53 people out of 100,000 suicides are contractors or guys in construction, females in construction, just construction workers in general. And that, that stat that may not seem like a lot, but it's four times the rate of the general population. That's according to the CDC in August 2021. So think about that. Construction workers are four times more likely to commit suicide than the general population. People work in retail and restaurants and all that stuff. And then to to compound that, become the contractor, the person who employs all those that that take all the extra risk and stuff. That suicide rate number is staggering to me. It blew me away. Do you happen to have a stat on like business owners? What the percentage is is just general business owners. No, I, I, it didn't. It didn't show that. I mean, construction as a whole is a pretty big. It's pretty vast, right? I mean, there's a there's a huge number of people that are in that in that fall into that category. I just think that the number for the business owners is, is a lot smaller. But if you think about it, the risk involved as the owner, it, it's got to be. I, I'd imagine it's it's higher, right? But but construction as a as a whole. I mean, think about all the solopreneurs, the, all the solo contractors. You know, there's tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of contractors that run business on their own. And then a great majority of are one, two, three, four, five, six-man operations. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's all different sizes. I wonder, I mean, it would be nice or interesting to know like what the breakout is, like how many of those are solopreneurs versus, you know, have employees. You know, they all have their own individual stresses, right? I mean, when you're when you're working by yourself, you don't really have the stress of employees and all that other stuff, but you have the stress of doing it all. Like you you literally are doing everything. Uh, versus if you have employees and you have the stresses of dealing with that and, you know, things that they may or may not do or whatever. I mean, there's it's just totally different stresses. And I, I wonder if, you know, if you take someone who has employees and is in a, a level of stress that may cause problems with them, I wonder if like you took them out of that environment and then put them into like a solopreneur environment, if that would change. You know what I mean? Like there's, what I'm trying to say is if you, if someone is stuck in a certain type of business structure, if they change that business structure, if it would re- alleviate any of that stress. Well, I'm certain it would, you know, and, and honestly, it's like, I wouldn't necessarily take them out of the equation, but if they had the right tools and strategies and tactics and, and if they were tactical in the way they do their estimating and, and they, they ran their business correctly, if they had the resources to do it right, it becomes less stressful. And I think that's a big part of it. And when you go back to the 96% of construction companies fail in the first decade, and I know, I, I mean, we're going to burn that into the ground. I want to change that number, right? So there, that's such a staggering statistic in itself that the stresses that come involved to be successful, they're translating to mental health, they're translating to suicide, they're translating to depression and medications and all that stuff, right? So, yeah, could you take them out of that environment and take the stress away? They probably would be healthier and not be in such a bad shape. But the same could be said if they just had the right resources and the right knowledge. It could totally change the trajectory of what they're doing and their mental health. Oh, for sure. I mean, that. yeah, 100%, I agree with you there. I'm just, what I'm trying to get at is that you know, maybe someone starts a construction business and they think that they need to have employees and they have five or six or 10 employees and that that alone stresses them out. But if they were to start a different type of business where they were just a one-man operation or maybe had a, you know, just had a helper, like that, that stress would not be there is what I'm trying to say. So I think sometimes contractors get into the business and then they let the business dictate how they want to, you know, where they want the business to go. And then it turns into stress because it's not really what they want to do. Like maybe like you, they love the craft and they just want, all they want to do is be a carpenter, right? They just, they, or maybe they just want to build uh, cabinets. They just want to be a cabinet maker and that's what they love doing. But they get stuck doing bathroom remodels and tile work because it, it comes with the cabinet. You know what I'm saying? And then, so they do that because they think they need to do that to survive instead of pursuing just strictly cabinet making, which is what their true passion is. That's what I'm trying to get out. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I totally see that. But that's part of the, that's part of the struggle and that's part of the, you know, the, the trials of becoming a contractor. You're oftentimes forced into that category, you know, into that corner to either take on other work, diversify into things that maybe you don't love as much and then create more stress and then have to hire more people. And so like, there's always that, there's a balance right there. So I think that, I think a lot of contractors are pigeonholed into making those decisions because they they don't understand business, right? They're not 
they're not marketing correctly to attract their true passion. And so they end up doing a job for someone and they're like, oh, hey, you did such a good job on my cabinets. Will you remodel my my bathroom and do the tile? And if they don't have anything in the pipeline, they're like, uh, yeah, you know? So it's, it's, it's all, it comes back to knowledge, right? But also come, it comes back to stress management and, you know, all that, all that. Absolutely. I mean, that, yeah, you, when you're, if you're not marketing your business correctly and you're not running your business correctly, you're going to have additional stresses, right? But case in point to what I'm saying is that when I first started my business, we did pretty much exclusively handyman stuff. Mainly, I didn't have enough money to afford all the tools and stuff I needed to, to do remodeling. I didn't have the manpower. So I was doing predominantly just like small jobs. And so I, I started doing snow removal because in the wintertime, we would, you know, there wasn't a whole lot we could do. People don't want you really working in their house around Christmas time and Thanksgiving and all that stuff. So I started doing snow removal and I, I love snow. I don't know if I've told you this or not, Eric. I love snow. I love being in the snow, playing in the snow. I used to do snowboarding. I mean, I, I love snow. And so I loved being out there plowing. Like, I just, I love that aspect of it. But I hated the fact that I couldn't go anywhere or plan anything during the winter. Because when the snowstorm hits, you have to be able to go out there, right? I couldn't, we couldn't go to vacation in this down to Florida in December if we wanted to. We couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't plan any events or, or go outside. I mean, there was times where on Christmas, like literally on Christmas Day, I have to go out and snowplow because it's snowing. So I love the snow. It made sense to me to, oh, a little extra money, snowplow, love the snow. But once I started doing it, it was a, a, a huge stress to me. And so two years ago, I got out of the snowplow business. You know, I, I, I was done with it. And it was a huge weight off my back, even though I lost that income from the, the plowing, because you can make good money on, on snow events. But once I stopped doing that, it was a huge weight off my shoulder. Well, that goes to exactly what you're saying earlier. It's like you're in that environment and then you're stressed out and mentally you're in a tough spot and then you remove yourself from it. Luckily, you had the wherewithal to realize that, right? You know, and so it's funny because you're like, you love the snow, but you're, you're like talking about vacationing in Florida when it snows. But like, if you really love the snow, it's like, okay, we had this big snow event. Like, I'm thinking, my, my mind was like, Hey, I want to go out and make snowmen with the family and the kids and in the neighborhood. I want to have a snowball fight and I want to go, I'm going to go snowboarding. The, the snow just hit. But then you're like, you can't even enjoy what you love about the snow because now you have to go manage the snow. So that's exactly what you were talking about earlier. That's what I mean. Like I, I thought it was going to be a good fit. And here's the funny thing. And don't tell my wife this, but she's like, you, you don't need to do that. You shouldn't do that. It's a good thing. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> She was. This is one thing that she was right about in my business. I should have never got into it, but I, I did it because I thought that I because I do love the snow and I thought that I would love doing it. And I and truthfully I did. But dude, no joke. Like one one event, I I literally plowed for thirty hours straight. Like I never went to sleep. I was just in my truck for thirty hours snow, plowing snow. That's stressful, dude. <laughs> Bro, trust me, man. I I know a lot of guys in the snow plow business. I know a lot of a lot of pond guys take that kind of job on and you know, it makes sense and it is fantastic money, but 
at what point is your mental health and money, you know, where's the balance? Like I'm, I got all this money, but shit, I'm in the fucking shitter. My, my brain, my mental health, I'm, in, I'm depressed. You know, like I don't care how much money you have. If you're depressed, the money doesn't matter. And if you don't get to see your family, the money doesn't matter. So that, that's when there's, you got to find the balance. So that, I think that's an extreme case because when you take that type of business on, you know, you know, you're dealing with, you know, emergent events like, hey, like people aren't going to be able to get to the grocery store. People aren't going to be able to get to work and they're relying on you and your resources to an ability to move snow quickly. You know, like that's, that's where the money comes in. Well, yeah, the money's not everything. And that's, you know, when we first started doing that, we were doing residential driveways. And I remember one time I had a customer, we, we had a thing that was like, we, we will, we'll respond within, I forget now, it was like eight hours or 12 hours or something like that. We'll respond within eight or 12 hours of the, you know, snowfall to, to get your driveway clean. And because of when it started, and when it stopped, like it was 9.30 at night, we couldn't go. It was like stuff was refreezing. It didn't make sense for us to be out trying to clear someone's driveway at 9.30 at night when it's refreezing. And, and a customer got pissed off and he called me the next morning and started chewing my butt out. And I was like, you're being unreasonable. But that, again, that's another level of stress, right? On top of that. And so I bring that up because in my mind, it seemed like a good idea. It's something I loved. I married that to that, what I loved. In reality, it was not a good idea. And I mean, I blew up a transmission and a motor in my truck. So financially, it wasn't even a good idea. Well, yeah, I mean, having the right equipment is always paramount, right? But I mean, I, I don't want to stick on snow plowing too much, but, but what really the take home from this is, is, you know, you were doing one, one facet of construction that like really moved you. And then winter came and you're like, hey, I need to maybe diversify. And then you take on something else and then it creates stress. And then you have, to, sometimes contractors get caught into the snowball effect. And I, I, I use that pun intentionally. Pun. Yeah. They, they get caught into that snowball and all of a sudden, you know, five years go by and now they're on opiates and they, you know, their wife left them and they work you know, nonstop and, you know, the kids don't even know who they are. And then they're like, what happened in my life? You know, they're in the gutter, mental health shit. Now they're getting antidepressants. They're, you know, they're working so many hours. They are not eating well. They're eating fast food. Not all of a sudden, like that's a huge part of their diet. They put on 40 pounds. I mean, it just, it compiles. It's like compound interest into the darkness. Yeah. I mean, that that's exactly my point, you know. Sometimes in your business, you you go down a path because you need to. You need you need to make money, right? You can't sit at home and not do anything. You need to put food on the table. And so you go down a path and then you just stay on that path and you don't ever take a step back and look at it objectively. and be like, wait a minute, is this the right path to be on? And so then you're, like you said, five years into it and it's like, what am I doing? Like, I, this is not even what I wanted to do. I, I set out to do X and now I'm doing Y. How did I get here? Oh, it's because the money is great. The money is great and Y, but I actually hate every second of it because, you know, it's not what I want to do. And so, there, there's, dude, there's so many aspects to this. Like, how do you, how do you, we could talk about all night about how you get to that point, but I want to spend time talking about recognizing that you're that you're having you know mental health issues and and even get to the point of like 
how to correct that path. I think that's paramount as well. I, I want to set the foundation just a little bit more because I thought a lot about a podcast and I, and I don't know how to put it together, but it's like, if I would have known what I had to do to get where I'm going, and I think we've talked about that in one of our uh, you know videos or podcasts or whatever, it's like, had I known uh, what I had to do to become you know, the, the boss, you know, running a construction company with multiple employees below. If I would have knew, known that, I probably wouldn't have been so excited to start to get trying. And what I mean by that is like, as an employer, and, you know, for 20 years, I've had a lot of, a lot of people come in and out of my business. Currently, I have a staff of 17. I mean, that's, that's a lot of emotions, a lot of hormones. It's a lot of personality types and so forth. Dude, I, I have to be people's friends, father figures, brother figures, mentors. I've had, I've had employees go through divorces. I've had employees go through hard breakups with, their, with significant others when they weren't necessarily married. I've had employees that are in suicidal. And this is another little aspect that I want to bring into as, as you as an employer in construction, in contractors, I got goosebumps running across me right now because like I've witnessed my employees in suicidal states and talked them off cliffs and, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with them at two in the morning and hugging them and giving them that support system, you know? So it's like, you know, you know, when I started thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about myself. I was thinking about you. I was thinking about our members and, and helping them. But what about the people that they touch? What about their employees and people that are in their subcontractors and stuff like that? This is a crisis. It's like, you know, you're four times more likely than the general population. The people that you're around every single day are, are suffering with these kind of things. And so had I known that I had to be a psychologist <laughs> And all those other different things, I might have been like, I don't want any shit of that. I don't want part of that. But I was, I, I'm here. I am now, and I've just grown to like learn it and just accept it. Dude, you're an I personality. You love every aspect of it. Come on now. Not you necessarily. People, you love people needing you. <laughs> I well, no. I mean that that's that makes it easier for me. It doesn't mean that I like it. I'm just you know. I'm, I'm teased. Yeah, I mean that's right. again it's various stuff. I've had that. I've been through some of that stuff too. I, right now, as we speak, I have an employee who got hurt and they can't work. They're off for six to eight weeks. And they've told me that they're like literally having depression right now because they can't work. And like, that's literally dealing with that as we speak. Yeah, it's heavy. I've, I've said this before and I certainly don't want to like try and take limelight or anything like that. But I feel like because I've gone through this, I feel like I can speak with, a little bit of context, but in 2015, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer and I, I, I am a stressful kind of personality. Like I want everything to be right. You know, you've accused me of being a perfectionist and you know, I want things right. No, I diagnosed you as being a perfectionist. Okay. Okay. So like, so if you are a perfectionist, think of the stress level. Most entrepreneurs and craftsmen do have this level of perfectionism and that, that is one identifying component to stress, right? But I shut down my construction company, my construction company division in 2015. I took two and a half years off because I knew, my wife and I knew like, hey, I have to get healthy. How can we eliminate stress? We all know, you know, stress and cancer are like two peas in a pod. So 
I knew that I had to shut down the construction company. And then I, I shut it down for two and a half years, got healthy, got better. It changed my mental health, the way I look at things. You know, dude, when I, when I get run into problems now, I'm like, like, it's going to be fine. We'll figure it out. Don't trip. You know, like no need to get cancer over this and freak out. Let's just fix it. I mean, you and I have talked about that before whenever we've had, you know, bad, bad disagreements. And you're like, if this is going to be like this, then I don't want any part of it because it's, it's too stressful for me. I mean, that's real, that's real talk there. You know, we were able to work through that, obviously. But, and I agree with you. Like after that, I was like, yeah, it's stupid. I mean, even yesterday morning, <laughs> I was texting you and we had a little disagreement. And then I was like, this is stupid. Why are we arguing about this? You know, have a good day, man. Forget everything I just said and have a good day. But but I wasn't arguing. You were. Because I, you well, know, I'm like, yeah. uh, well, come on, let's get, let's get through this. And so then I had to get on and cry to you a little bit and fucking shed a tear to get you to <laughs> fucking break down and go, okay, cool. Let's get over this shit. Oh, see, you were trying to manipulate me. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> so, is there is there any um, markers or like, you know, things that can let people know that maybe they're having a mental health issue? I'm glad you asked, Brad. I got some notes right here. Should we cover them? Well, I mean, that wasn't a rhetorical question. <laughs> that was a legitimate question. Okay, so I just asked permission, bro. Check it out. So, here's some signs. And so this is interesting because I know a lot of our audience are solopreneurs or they have just one or two man operation, but these are the signs of suicidal tendencies. And, and like that's an extreme of mental health, but it, it's all leading down that dark, dark rabbit hole, right? So here's some of the signs and whether you can, I hope you're self-aware enough, enough to like realize that you might be experiencing some of these, but think about your employees Think about your subcontractors. Think about, you know, all your contracting buddies, right? I have a lot of contractor buddies. So some of the signs are low, producti- pr- low productivity, low self-esteem, having trouble communicating with people, substance abuse, easily agitated, kind of like th- throwing safety to the wind, like being a little bit more like, you know, just like let self not not as aware of safety precautions or like oh it's no big deal we'll just get over it was worst thing can happen I'll die like right so not not considering safety as much segregation is is something that that you would look at like if you have an employee that normally would have lunch with you or maybe have a beer after work with you and they're like all of a sudden gone you know they don't want to have lunch with you that segregation is important and then absenteeism is an important factor as well if all of a sudden they're not showing up to work. You know, so like you could, you could have a, you could have a subcontractor. You're like, I can't get him on the phone. He's not communicating with me. You know, he said he'd be here on such and such day. He didn't show up. It's like, you know, immediately we go into that mindset. Like this asshole, he was supposed to be here. He's a piece of shit. I'm not going to give him another job. And like, like just taking a deep breath and go, is this guy, is he depressed? Like maybe I should call him up and go like, Hey bro, are you all right? Is there anything I can do to help you? Instead of just calling him up and chewing his ass out. Like, dude, you were supposed to be here. Like, Maybe the approach would be like, hey, are you all right? Is the family okay? Like, I'm just worried about you. You know, I I, I was really hoping you'd be here yesterday and and you weren't. It, it just got me worried about you. And and that's maybe an approach that you can take for those kind of people. So it's kind of a, those are, those are the signs. What do we do with them now? Dude, I need to get off here and call my doctor. <laughs> How many of those? Like, if you have if you have four or five of these things, like you're that you, this could be probably you could be in depression. <laughs> I think I had all of them actually. 
Yeah, I mean, what do you do with that? How do you unpack all that? You know, dude, there's a thing. It's like, I didn't know I was going to be a business coach when I started. You know, I might not have even got started if I were like, hey, when you when you grow up and you're in the business for a couple decades, you're, you're going you're to be a business coach. I'd be like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I signed up for that, right? So, I mean, these are, these are important questions. So, I have another document I want to talk about. I got to look it up real quick. What people think support looks like and what support actually is. I'd like to cover that stuff. So, like, you know, what, what people think, think support sounds like, it's like, oh, you'll be fine, Brad. Don't trip. You're going to be good. You're a badass. Like, right? Oh, don't worry, Brad. It's not a big deal. Like, a lot of times people think that, that that's what support should sound like. Right? But does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, it's kind of like, oh, you're just over, you know, you're over exaggerating or it's not that bad or you'll get through this or, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're just in the winter season of your life or whatever it might be. There's light at the end of the tunnel, bro. Like that that kind of yeah. stuff, right? So yeah. a lot of people think that that's what support sounds like. And this could be part of the problem, you know, like that the, why the suicide rate is so high, right? And because contractors are mostly macho, even the even the girl contractors I know they're fucking macho, you know, like they're they're badasses, and I think well on the outside, exactly, on the outside, exactly, are. but inside they might be there might be this turmoil. Well, I mean, think about this for a second. Let me just let's let's put a pause on that for a second. If you look at the type of people who generally work in construction, right? These are not white collar individuals, usually. They're, they're blue collar. A lot of them have criminal backgrounds. Some of them have substance abuse issues. And I'm not saying all of them, but I mean, I, every one of us who's listening to this knows contractors who are probably alcoholics or, you know, pop pills or whatever it is. Like it's rampant in the trades, right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. So it's not, you're not always dealing with, I, I don't want to say, I don't, well, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound worse than what it, you know, than what it is. It's not going to come out right, so I'm not going to say it. But we're, you're just dealing with people that are more prone to having issues either at home or in their personal life. Yeah, no, I get it for sure. So, can I share with you some of the things that, like, what support actually sounds like, like it, what it should sound like, and maybe this is a good, a good thing to share for people that know someone. Hopefully, someone will say this to you if you're the one that's depressed, right? Go for it. So, what this could really sound like is like, you said one of these lines to me the other day, bro. I just want to let you know that. So? I'm just, I'm just saying that it means you care about me. You act all tough like you don't give a shit about me, but you, you love me. Oh, these are, these are the things you're supposed to say. I thought you were talking yeah. about the things you weren't supposed to say. No, you, you're supposed to say. You said one of these lines to me. I'm oh. just going to let you know oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pat myself on the back. Oh, shit. So, like, here's, here's something that's like, Hey, I'm sure that's really difficult. Like if like you recognize like they're struggling with difficult time, not just going, hey, you'll be fine. So like that, right? Or something like, hey, how how can I help? Right? Because sometimes people are just like, they don't want to be a part of it. Like, right? Hey, how can I help you with through this? Too, too many times people are just too selfish. They don't want to deal with your problems, right? So the one that you said to me the other day was, thank you for telling me. Thank you for sharing that with me, Right. Uh, oh yeah. Oh shit. One one thing would be like, hey, this this is gonna pass. Like there's gonna like this there this will pass. We're gonna get through this, you know. Another one thing would be I'm here for you. I can't imagine how that feels because you know sometimes 
people are sharing thoughts with you. Like you really, you can't imagine. Like I can't, I can't share like the loss of a child. Like I can't even imagine that. Right. And, and that could put people spiraling into a really dark spot. Sometimes just a hug. I know you don't like to hug people, but for me, I'd like hug them. I hug all the time, dude. Okay. Not yourself, bro. I tried to hug you when we was in Colorado and you blew me off. <laughs> or like agreeing with it, like, hey, you're not alone. You know, just s- simple things like that. You know, I think too many times, those, those are some of the things that you could say and, and use with someone that might be in a dark spot and you, you do want to help them off the cliff. These are great, Eric. Um, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And I, I, these are all important. Absolutely. But I really want to make this about the, 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 the contractor themselves. These are all important if you have employees. However, when you're the person who's dealing with the mental health issue, you got to be able to, to recognize that. And I want to I spend a few minutes on that if we can. For sure. I mean, this is going to spin back to mental toughness. Well, yeah, but I mean, what if, I mean, I don't think it's fair to say all aspects are mental toughness, right? Like, yes, you need to have mental toughness. You need to have grit. You need to have perseverance. You need to have, you know, the mental fortitude to be able to do that stuff. That's all important and, and almost required, but all of us, myself included, and I'm, I'm sure you as well, you know, we all, there's all points where it's like, okay, I can't do this by myself. Like I'm at the point right now because of X, Y, Z that's happened in my business or personal life or whatever it might be. I can't do this right now. And I, and I need some help, but because most of us are men, I mean, obviously there's women out there, so I'm not really speaking to you, I'm speaking to the men. Most of us are hard-headed, and just because we're men, we don't want to get help, right? We want to solve it ourselves. We want to fix it ourselves, and that's not always possible. Okay. I know some hard, hard-headed bitches, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I do, yeah. I do. I know some hard-headed bitches, but so I'm from California, bro. Come on. So, but listen, wait, I mean, where are you going with this? So like, I want to talk mental toughness. I mean, so here, here's the thing. Self-awareness is going to be important. Like you have to realize you're, you're going in that spot, right? What, what, I mean, there's a couple different facets. If you're in that dark spot, you know, maybe we can shine some light and help someone realize it and help show them the ladder and the conduit out, right? But there's also a factor, I think, I, I don't want to discard is like the fact that people just getting started, they're that they're not in that spot, but they could go that that dark, they could take that rabbit hole down the dark hole if they're not aware. And if we can kind of shine some light on some things that will take them to that spot, if we can share that, then that's a good thing too, right? So there's there's so many levels of this. Where I was going with it is that. It's, it's, I don't want to sit there and tell people you need to get out of it yourself. Sometimes you literally need to go see a medical professional and, and get serious help. Like it's not always this mental toughness and, oh, get over it. And it's greener on the other side and tomorrow's the next day and all those other things that you're not supposed to say. Like sometimes you actually need professional help. And we got, you got to, you got to, just like our last couple podcast ago, ego suppression, man. 
Yeah. You got to let that ego go and realize you need help and you need to go find help and, and get it. Yeah, this is heavy, man. I mean, so there's, there's psychology in here. There's counseling. Um, a lot of things like that, I think, are probably paramount. I imagine at some point medication is important. I'd like to believe that there's other ways besides medication, whether it's nutrition and fitness could, could help pull you out. But I think, I think too many people just go straight to medication because they want a pill and they don't want to eat right and work out, right? So They I want think, the easy way. They, right. they want the easiest solution. Right. So whether it's a pill or that's going to sit down and, and talking to a psychologist, that's one thing. But sometimes it's like, you know what? Quit eating like shit. Dive into your numbers. You know, hire a, a coach that'll help you with your business to show you how to make money correctly. Teach you how to talk to your customers. Get some fitness going on. You know, take care of yourself and put in smart work. Dude, like... I used to play guitar a lot, like for hours on end, but I wasn't, I wasn't trained. Like I could literally play guitar for eight hours and work on this guitar solo and shit like that. But I was never really like, I think I could have been a pretty good guitar player, but I, I never made it because I never got coaching. I never, I never, no one ever trained me. I didn't get like professional teaching. And many, many years after I gave up my rock star music career, one of my dear friends, who's a fantastic guitar player, he's like, Dude, you have to, when you practice, you have to know what you're practicing for. You can't just practice a guitar solo for eight freaking hours, you jackass. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's drills and there's exercises that improve, you know, your finger dexterity and strength and all that stuff. And if you're not doing that and you're just doing that, you know, whatever it is, uh, Metallica riff that you love and you just do that over and over and over again, like that's not helping you, right? So Exactly. Well, you know, you don't understand the foundation of that riff. Like, why did that riff come together and why does it sound so good? Like, those are the things I never really learned. You know, I was just like self-taught. I was poor growing up. I didn't have any way to hire teachers and do that stuff. I just sat in my room and played guitar. Yeah, so it sounds like you're, you're, you're wanting to take this in the direction of, you know, a lot of mental health issues can be eradicated or prevented if you know how to run your business. Like you, you may have, you may be financially strapped right now because you, you're not, your, your business is not making the money that you need it to make. And so the only thing that you do is you get on the crazy cycle and you work more and more and weekends and, you know, 15 hour days and you just work your ass off until you can't do it physically anymore when reality is the the solution to that is you need to charge more money and work less. Like that is the solution to that mental anguish of there's not enough hours in the day to work. Yeah. The, the solution is you got to charge more. Like that's just one little tiny aspect in your business that can literally remove all of that mental health crisis that you're having. This is crazy. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Don't you dare fucking push back on me right now. I really, I'm going I'll, to. I'll come I'm through already, this computer right now. Back. I'll strangle you. I'm already pushing back. Like, we're already pushing on 40 minutes, and you're gonna be like, "We gotta stop. It's been 40 minutes." I'm just you're gonna keep. We're gonna go until this is exhausted. Well, you just wasted five minutes trying. Like, to I don't care. We're gonna go until it's exhausted. I'm not gonna take no for an answer. Listen, when we shot that video, the 96 percent of why contractors fail, and we shot that video, we were drawing on that whiteboard. And then we showed the RIP and we drew a little gravestone. 
dude, does that just shock you right now? Does that just punch you in the face? Like, like literally contractors die right then. They're dead, died, killed themselves. Um, I didn't think about it like that until you just said that. That's why I'm saying this is such an important topic. Like, I think yeah. it's, it's crazy. I do want to share a story with you. And I hate to bring up the cancer thing again. I don't want to fucking like live on that. But I told my wife, we were looking for a, a ranch. We were looking for, to buy a new place. And when I figured out I had cancer, my wife's like, hey, let's just batten down the hatches and let's just work on you and let's, let's not try and move. And I told her like, I'm going to fucking get you that ranch if it's the last thing I do and I'm going to get you where you need to be and then I can, I can leave this world a happy man, right? Luckily, amen, I'm, I'm in like in a good spot. The doctor cleared me. We got a new ranch. Like we're in a new place. Doctor tells me to go take over the world again. And so this is a good spot for me. So like I restarted my construction company in like halfway through 2018. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to start this back up. And so, I mean, it takes a lot to rebuild, right? I had to like let everyone know I'm back. I had to like reestablish things and like, so get going again. I never fully shut down because I kept doing all my warranties and callbacks and services and stuff like that. I had a team doing that with me. But I, was, I started going so hard in 2018 and 2019. That's when we got this ranch. Like I was, and then we were building out the ranch for our business here. And my wife like grabbed me one time and like shook me and like looked me in the face. And she's like, you need to slow down. Like you need to get, you need to, take up a hobby again because you're working too hard. You're working too long. You're working too much. I'm worried about you. And I was like, okay, all right. So then I set up a full tank, full, full garage full of aquariums and a full bonsai arena. So like I'm doing my hobbies again, but God, I mean, I'm telling you like what it's done for my mental health is insane. Like being able to slow down and, and focus on things that make me happy. Absolutely. That's why I go shooting. Because it's a, for one, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a huge stress reliever. Yeah, right? dude. When you're like blowing those rounds off, it's amazing. I mean, you just, you could like, there's times where I go to the range and I just put your picture over the <laughs> target, man. I just light it up. I fucking hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's important to have, it. we all, you can't be a workaholic. Like you just can't, you got to have downtime, right? You, you can't, and I'm I'm guilt. I am guilty of this, hundred percent. We just had I just had a argument with my wife about this the other last week. It's like, yes, you got to make some sacrifices. Not I'm not. That's not a justification of like blowing your family off. I'm not saying that at all. But there there's going to be times where you got to work late, right? You're yeah, on a job yeah, and sure. you got to get it done. Like that's going to happen. You're, that's part of owning a business. And you got to make some sacrifices like that. But when you start working every Saturday and you're missing all your kids, you know, sporting events and all that stuff, you know, one a month, probably not a big deal. But when you start working every weekend and you, you know, one month turns into three and then six, and then you just completely miss like every one of your kids games, that's a problem. And and if it's your, if you're doing that because you feel like you have to work in your business. There's some issues there that need to be addressed and you need, you need to work on that. So no one should have to work that much to support their family. I think that's an important factor. And I want to share with you one of the coolest coaching gigs that I've paid for 
in in a long, long time. I got onto it with Jesse Itzler. I don't know if you know who Jesse Itzler is, but look him up on Instagram. But I, I got into his, I think it's called the Big Ass Calendar. I think I, he has a couple of different names. I, for, sorry, I don't have his branding figured out yet. But Jesse Itzler, his his whole thing is like, you have to plan for adventure and excitement in your life. Because if you don't do that, your calendar is just going to fill up automatically with deadlines and construction dates and consultations and vendor meetings and and all these things that don't really matter you know so if you don't plan for those adventures in your life and create excitement and adventure in your life your life will get filled up with nonsense and bullshit and all of a sudden you're going to be 75 years old and you're going to be filled with regret so like you talked about all this stuff and it's going to come back to money and i know money can't buy happiness but if you're doing the things that you love for a price that you need to to live a, a good life then you'll have the money to do the things you will. And so like, you got to create that vacation. You have to say, hey, and babe, in four months, we're going to do this with the kids. We're going to go here. We're going to have some adventure. We're going to hike this mountain. We're going to you know, go in the ocean, whatever it is that excites you. And you have to deliver on that promise with the people around you that you love and, and your own heart and soul. And those are the types of things that make being a business owner worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of doing it. Right? Why else are you doing it? Who wants, you know, business owners are the only ones that will they'll work uh, 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. Yeah. For for the same money. Yeah. For less money, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, per hour. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's, you have to be able to enjoy it, right? You have to be able to take time off. If you, if you can't afford to take time off, you got to look at your business. You're not doing something right. You got to be able, you got to charge more. Uh, you got to hire people. I mean, we have people in our group that are like, I'm working 80 hours a week, you know, because there's so much stuff to do. And you, when you just ask a few questions, it's like, bro, you need to hire an office assistant or an office manager. Like you're way past due to hire an office manager. You, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, we just get, Sometimes we put our head down and we never look up. And like you said, you know, 50 years goes by and you wake up and it's like, wait a minute, where did everybody go? Where's my kids at? Where'd my wife go? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Can't do that. So I, I do want to recap some things a little bit. And I want to identify a couple of things. And I want to talk about, you know, maybe how to recognize and how to pull things out. But, you know, the reason that we're in this podcast together right now, Brad, is is because my son was... I don't know, probably in 2015, he, no, it was probably 2018 or 19. He talked about podcasts and how he was into podcasts. And so I had never even spent time podcasting or listening to podcasts. I didn't really look into them, but I started listening to podcasts because of my son. And Joe Rogan was like one of the first guys that I really listened to, of course. I mean, he's a freaking legend in the podcast world, right? But one of the things that he says, you know, over and over and really resonated with me back when I first heard it, and it's still every time I hear it really, hits me home. It's like, if you don't put yourself through moments where you need the grit, like if you don't put yourself in those weird situations, whether it's working out or, you know, hiking something or, or learning something new and being shitty at something, you know, like some people are too afraid to try something new because they're going to look like an idiot because they don't know they're really shitty at it. Right. So it's like, I'm only going to do the stuff that I'm good at, you know? So it's like, you have to put yourself out there and give yourself the opportunity to fail. And to be 
put in a position where you're sweating and you're out of breath. And, you know, like it's the moments like that that help create some mental toughness and grit. And I think that contractors get caught in that chasing money and, and chasing jobs and, and they lose that. And I think that's like, that's really the beginning of the, the rabbit hole that takes you to the dark spot. So like put yourself in those things forcefully, like do it on purpose. Dude, I wouldn't be here doing this today if, if it wasn't for being in the Marines. Like there's, I've never been challenged mentally or physically as much as I was in the Marines. And that was when I was, you know, 18 to 22 years old. So anytime that I get into a point where I'm like, man, this is getting really tough. You know, I don't know if I can do this. I just look back and be like, dude, you just, you did something eight times harder right. than this. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was, there was a book, maybe, oh man, that's going to drive me nuts now. I'm trying to remember. There's a book. It might be a Grover book, but it might be, it's, it might be relentless. I could be wrong on this, but he talks about like, it's kind of like having a cookie jar with uh, memories that are in that cookie jar. And whenever stuff gets hard, you reach in that cookie jar and you pull it out and be like, hey, remember when? I, remember that time when you were 18, you had to do a 20-mile hike up in the mountains with all your gear on? Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, like, but you did it. What you're, what you're doing now is nothing compared to that. And I, I, I can't remember. I, I want to say it's Relentless, but I could be wrong on that. You know, I read Relentless and I love that book. I don't remember that. I don't remember that trailer in there, but. I could be wrong could, too. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. But if you know, if you're listening to this, tag us and let us know what that book is. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, so there's something you can do actively be putting yourself into challenging positions, you know, run a marathon, run a 5k, do an Iron Man or Iron Woman or whatever you want to do. Think about those kind of things, right? Put yourself in those tough positions because then when you have a difficult client, or, you know, a, your truck breaks down, like you kind of get over it, you know? You know what kind of helps me? If I feel like I'm really did something stupid, like I made a bad decision. If my crew, who is an extension of me, like if, if my crew does something stupid, it's my fault. You know, it's my business. I trained them. I, I put them out there in the world. Um, I always think like, well, bro, the, the bridge didn't collapse you know, and that the bridge didn't fall down. Like there, there's people that have made mistakes that uh, the gravity of the situation is far beyond what, what we're doing here. You know, I always think like it could have been worse, you know, and I, I don't mean to take light of things that go poorly. You know, I want to take responsibility and correct them, but I always go like, it could be worse. I was thinking about that Jocko video, like, Oh, you got screwed over. Good. <laughs> oh, it didn't. Oh, you didn't get what you needed. Good. Like I, I, I. That mentality etches in me. Dude, it could always be. Again, I go back to my Marine Corps experience when I was overseas in other countries, and I saw what true poverty was. You know what I mean? Even on my worst day here, I have it a hundred times better than other people. I think about, you know, things going poorly. And a couple of times I'm like, bro, I could, I could literally stand on the side of the freeway and, and make this much money to, to cover that. Like, it's not a big deal. Like we, like, just like you said, like we have so much opportunity and even in the darkest hours where you're standing on the highway trying to be a, you know, a panhandler, you could make enough money to get by. Like it's, it's insane. 
Well, is there anything else you want to recap or, I mean, there's so much to this topic and I don't want to, you know, we obviously like suicide, it's a serious thing and, you know, we're not by no means trying to make a light, light out of it. Like it's, it's a serious issue and we don't want any of our listeners to ever end up there. And if you're, if you're in that right now, like reach out to us legitimately, like seriously reach out to us and uh, yeah. be more than happy to to have a conversation with you. For sure. I do want to touch on suicide for just a second. I'm like, we're going to go a little bit longer. I don't know if you probably don't know who Tommy Vext is. He's a, you know who Tommy Vext is? No, I don't. Lead singer for Bad Wolves. He's a fantastic singer, by the way. And I, I listened to a podcast with him on the MFCO project with Andy Frisella. And he talked about his story is amazing. You really got to listen to it. He's got a twin brother. His brother killed him and like left him for dead. And then they brought him back to life and his brother's in prison. And it's, it's this crazy, crazy story. But he was in a really dark spot, Tommy was. And he was literally on his way to, to commit suicide. And on his way to commit suicide, his phone rang and he didn't recognize the number. And he just like looked at his phone and he picked the phone up. And it was a guy that he didn't know really well that reached back out to him because he was going to commit suicide. He's like, Tommy, I'm in a dark spot. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to do myself in right now. And Tommy was like, where are you at right now? I'm going to come and see you. Just let me come and see you see if we can work this out. And Tommy dropped killing himself to go talk to this guy. I never told him that he was going to do it himself. He was just like, I'm going to go save this guy and then I'll kill myself tomorrow. <laughs> Could you understand? I mean, is this, I'm not making this shit up, bro. And so he talks this guy off the ledge. He's like, look, bro, just get through this and, and just get through tomorrow and then we'll talk about it tomorrow and, and we'll see how you feel about it. And then over the weeks coming up after that, Tommy basically kept talking this guy off the cliff and he's like, well, as soon as I finish making this guy not kill himself, I will go kill myself. And in turn, rescued himself. It's really an amazing story. I, I would recommend anyone listen, just like, try and hit that podcast up because it's super, super powerful. You know, there's... You got to find a passion and a reason why to stick around. And hopefully you don't get to that point. If you are in a dark spot like that, Brad and I are real serious about that. Like hit us up in the DM. I'll, I'll give you my phone number. I'll come and drive out. I'll see you. I'll, whatever it takes. We want you to realize that this shit is fucking hard. Being a contractor. It's no joke. It could put you in a tough spot. And I think that reaching out for help, whether it's a psychologist or reaching out to your friend and having a cup of coffee, calling up someone up saying hi, like hiring a coach. It doesn't have to be us, man. I don't care. Like hiring a coach to help you manage your business better and have a better understanding of it. Like I, most contractors listening to this probably didn't go to contractor school because there's not really a good one out there. But, you know, whether you hire a coach that can, that resonates with you or hiring us to help you control your business understand your numbers, control your you know, key performance indicators and help you understand that stuff. It helps create you know, just an easier spot to where you really kind of understand what's going on and makes your business easier and take some of that stress away. And we, and, and we can help with that 
or other psychologists or, and we're not psychologists, but other coaches can help you see through that muddy water. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. That's pretty amazing. I'm sure there's thousands of stories like that out there. People have experienced, I mean, Dakota Meyer came to mind, how his situation, if you've heard his story, there's, no, I there's so many of them. Who's Dakota Meyer? Dakota Meyer. Dakota Meyer, who's that? Marine Medal of Honor. He was on Jocko Willings. I didn't catch that podcast. You've, you've heard it, man. Come on now. Anyways, there's so many out there. Even like the one we heard, Ed Milet's dad oh, yeah, on his was, dying, remember? That was that, amazing. It, Shit. His dad is on his dying bed, his deathbed, and the phone rings. And he's like, what's that number? And they're like, dad, don't worry about it. He's like, you answered that phone right now. And it was one of his people that he was helping. And he talked him off the ledge. And then like an hour later, he passed away. Like, that was dude, after that. After, after that talk, I wouldn't. I was like bawling my eyes out. I had to like go hide behind some wall and bawl my eyes out. That that talk fucked me up. I went on the beach and just walked by myself for an hour. I, I my phone I was remember blown that. up. You're like, don't call me. I gotta go. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I gotta go walk. Yeah, it's it jacks you up. Look, I don't care how bad you've screwed things up and how how dark of a spot you're in. Someone's been in a darker, worse spot than you, and you can pull the shit off. And and. If you have to reach for help, don't be so proud to do that. We've all asked for help. I've got coaching. Brad's got coaching. Like the best, the best of the best is reaching out for help. And that's why they're the best. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a, it's a long podcast. It's an important podcast. And I hope that we were able to encourage some people out there listening one more time. No joke. If you're struggling, reach out to us. I'm not saying that we can help you in your situation. However, Definitely listen and see what we can to try and help you. Thank you so much for catching the podcast tonight. This is probably the most serious podcast we put out, and I'm going to ask you for the most serious request. Please share the podcast, share Hammer and Grind, the movement that we're trying to push out here to help out contractors. It's not just about you know making money; it's about you know making good choices and and putting people in better spots and creating you know motions that will help families for decades to come. So, do your part, make the world a better place. Share the Hammer and Grind podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode.